everything you need to know about elections 2024. Right, let's focus our attention now on the African National Congress's election manifesto launch. Happened on Saturday in Etiquini at the Moses Ma- Mabida Stadium. Not so much the launch. Let's take a look at what's actually in the manifesto itself, all 53 pages of it. I think I've got that number correct. Either way, welcome to 702 Drive. Mdumi Seni Ntuli is the ANC's head of elections. Good day to you and thanks for your time. Good afternoon, uh, John and your listeners, and uh, thank you very much for inviting us into your program today. One of the things that, that struck me reading through it is the absence of detail on some what should be some quite specific promises. And I'll give you one example and get you to comment, Mr. Ntuli. You talk about, in regard to the uh, poverty in the country, we will prioritize food security, including through VAT exemption on essential items. You make no mention, though, of what items you're going to be adding to the VAT exemption. Uh if uh, any reason why those specific items are not there well of course of of course uh, john the, the the manifesto would not be able to capture literally every detail that uh, we would want to see the next administration under the leadership of the ANC to implement from now until 2029 so it was deliberate on our part that uh, we needed to reflect on the journey we've traveled over the past 30 years. It was necessary that we do so because we are not just a governing party, but we are a national liberation movement which has led this journey for the past 30 years. We needed to reflect on the account of that, but equally to outline six priorities which will inform and guide the program of action of the democratic state from now up until 2029. So we, But one of those priorities... Uh, we couldn't we, really go through... The yeah. final details about which areas, because that has, has got to be elaborated on government programs. Well, voters will be looking for detail, but let, but let's move on and 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 engage with something else um, uh, that that you also talk about in in the manifesto, uh, Mr. Ntuli. You you talk about fast tracking the public provision of student residences, uh, and you say using current expenditure on on subsidies from NISFAS to address the backlog in student accommodation. Now I put it to you that this is an old an old promise in the Sono of 2020, so four years ago. President Sol Ramaphosa said this: We're going to spend 64 billion rand over the next years in student accommodation, and we'll leverage at least another 64 billion rand in private investment. Investment. And this is the key sentence. These building projects are ready to start. Now, if that promise made four years ago was, as the president said at the time, ready to start, why are you needing to fast track it now? For example, was that $64 billion ever spent? The fundamental issue, John, is that uh, we, with regard to the student uh, support system provided by government, both in terms of... Uh, NFCs for, for payment of student fees and accommodation, we are dealing with a moving target in a sense that uh, we've got more uh, students who are emerging from our, who are produced by our, our high schools in different parts of the country as a consequence of, of which that target will remain an ongoing target for us to effectively address the challenges relating to student accommodation. But let me just, let me just comment on the specific matter that we are raising. The, the, we, that commitment was made uh, and it has been reaffirmed. But uh, 
when you make certain commitments or commitments uh, as a governing party, they are also on the basis of your own projection of the, the revenue of the country, the state of the economy, your anticipated economic growth from which you can leverage yes. in order to generate required resources to deal with many challenges that we would, would identify on your program of action. I do accept that uh, we have not made progress as the situation required in terms of dealing with the the, the major, major challenge of student so, accommodation. So, so, 60, so 64 billion rand wasn't spent. In other words, if people and you you are asking you as the ANC to be judged on performance because you're making another set of promises around this issue, people will judge you on how you performed the last time you made a promise on this issue. So you would you would agree that uh, 64 billion wasn't spent. How much was spent? I, I wouldn't be in the position as any of the ANC who's not in government. I wouldn't yes. position to delve into the, the finer details about how much was ultimately spent. But the issue that we had to contend with in the National Executive Committee is that whatever amount of money, irrespective of how much we spend on that uh, commitment, the fact of the matter is that we are still having facing a deficit, a deficit that we need to respond to, not now, even over the next uh, few years, because as I'm saying, the education system is producing uh, uh, meticulance. Yes. Great people who are joining our, our tertiary institutions year in and year out. And therefore, it would not be possible that over one term of office or over one uh, uh, medium-term budget expenditure, you would be able to meet all of those social needs. We'll come back to our conversation with Mdumi Seni and Tuli, Head of Elections at the ANC. Let's quickly give you a traffic update and then we'll resume the conversation. Back to our conversation with the ANC's Head of Elections, Mdumi Seni and Tuli, joining us on 702 Drive. Mr. Ntuli, one of the things you talk about is creating a public sovereign wealth fund. You're going to work towards a state or, or public banking sector. And part of that public banking sector is, and I quote from the manifesto, building a public retail banking system to directly serve the people's needs. Given the extent to which South Africans uh, believe that the ANC has been incapable of managing public money, why do you believe that they would want to uh, entrust you with their salaries and savings? Well, I don't, I don't think, uh, Mr. Pellman, that, uh, as you put it, it's a widespread uh, accepted position by South Africans that the ANC is unable to manage public money. I, I accept that uh, there are concerns which in many respects have been raised with about the way in which uh, some of our departments, ANC-led departments or municipalities, have handled the public purse. But I don't think that uh, the population of this country has come to the conclusion in its majority that therefore this ANC can never be trusted with anything that has got to do with the uh, the resources of our people and that of the state. And I, I think that that concern, understood as it is, but majority of South Africans uh, share the view that uh, we are engaged in a very complex process of social transformation in our country, which at times will throw up challenges, uh, which uh, have manifested themselves in many ways, including, as you say, with concerns about how the public purse has been managed in certain parts of our country. Well, I mean, it's it's more than concerns. I, I, I think the numbers are, are a matter of public record. But I want to return to your priority number one, Mr. Ntuli. You talk about the importance of creating jobs. There's very, in fact, remarkably 
little detail on that. In fact, uh, the detail is literally limited to, to four points. One of them says, engage the private sector on job creation to contribute to the national efforts to create employment and get South Africans working. What does that mean in practice? Does it mean a series of meetings? Does it mean changes to legislation? What exactly does that uh, single sentence on a matter as crucial as that actually refer to? Let me also refer to the other parts of the manifesto, uh, other paragraphs within the same section of priority number one. Yes. Wherein the president made an emphasis about... uh, working towards uh, creating 2.5 million jobs uh, or work opportunities in our country must be that through what and in characterize as public services in different communities and he went further and said which is linked to the sentence that we are quoting he went further and said this is not going to be a responsibility of the democratic state alone the state will have to set the conditions such that private sector can be able to to, to flourish and and contribute towards uh, these uh, uh, work opportunities that we are looking for. So the point is that uh, it's about strengthening the partnership between the democratic state and the private sector, but equally looking at how to set conditions in such a way that uh, enterprises and entrepreneurs and cooperatives will be able through their own benefit and support of the state and through private donors to advance together with government in an effort to create jobs in our country. Uh, it, it sounds to me, from what you just said, Mr. Ntuli, like it's general intention rather than a set of policies. Um, the cooperation between, the, between government and the private sector is something that's much discussed. But, I, but I've been to the... Uh, the more detailed section on what is called priority number one, and, and, and literally the words are identical to what they are in the introduction, which is why I'm, I'm asking you about detail. But let's look at one of your more detailed proposals and ask you this. We will implement export taxes on essential raw materials like cobalt, lithium, graphite, chromite, manganese, and platinum to encourage local value addition, particularly for low carbon production. What is the thinking behind the export taxes? Because what you're doing there, I would suggest, is raising the cost of doing business at a time when most mining investors are thinking South Africa is too difficult a place to do business. Power insecurity is one reason. Uh, The inability of the Department of Minerals, Resources and Energies to process applications is another. Why would you introduce a further disincentive? Maybe let me start off with uh, where you have ended, because uh, in one of our priorities, we are also very detailed about the centrality of the logistics sector and the energy uh, strategy that we need to put in. Because I'm sure you are making the point about the difficulty that may arise if we prioritize the the tax that involves uh, export and import on the basis that we would be putting an extra burden to a private sector that is already facing challenges. Yes. The overall strategic approach is that these uh, tedious challenges that we are referring to, the logistics, of course, I'm sure you'll be familiar with the fact that uh, there is some work that is already happening to respond to the challenges respond to, uh, relating to our hubs, our, our ports, as well as uh, 
the logistics in the country in general. Of course, uh, we may have we may have not yet reached a point where we we can say with certainty that uh, we we have concluded that process and we have overcome that challenge. But this is an overall strategy. We must read the manifesto in the proper context that it is not about isolating one issue over the other and yes. giving priority over the other issues. But it's a comprehensive strategy of the movement, which is designed to address the perennial problem of an economy in our country, which over the past 30 years has not effectively been able to serve the majority of the people. So unless you intervene in the manufacturing sector and ensure that there's a much more involvement of the the local uh, business and processing, the value chain in the country before you can send things out of out of the republic of south africa so we will not be able john to succeed to intervene to deal with the crisis of uh, poverty inequality and unemployment in our country so, so it will remain a decent team without us intervening to improve the capacity of our local manufacturing and the value chain being experienced by south africans here in our country so, so it's the ANC's belief that if you put a tax on exporting platinum, that will prompt platinum manufacturers to open jewelry hubs, for example. Well, it's not just a, a simple, uh, a simple uh, answer like that, but it's a question of uh, multiple interventions, yes. which are desired to ensure that we enhance localization. And we, 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 we realize our strategic, we, so that we can realize our strategic objective, which is to ensure that there's a widespread beneficiation locally in the country and such that what we are sending out is largely, to a very large extent, a, a finished product that can be sold to anywhere else in the world. The current situation that we're confronted with now, which I think we, we can continue in this space if we want to industrialize South Africa, right. build uh, and, and have new jobs that are going to attract uh, or absorb the new generation of young people who are graduates and, uh, and others that will be graduating in the next year or two. Thank you so much, Mdumi Seni Ntuli, Head of Elections at the ANC. Wish we had more time. There's so much to cover. But can I suggest you go to the ANC's website? Uh, I think it's called ANC 1912. I'll double-check the web address for you, as I do with all the other manifestos. They're very interesting to read. They really are. Read read what the DA is offering. Uh, read what uh, the EFF put out two weeks ago, the ANC, the latest uh, to come out. And there are more to come. The IFP's manifesto launch, I think, is in seven days' time or possibly a fortnight. I'll double-check that as well. But read what they're saying. The detail does matter. I really think it does. It's 28 minutes past five.